Welcome to this week's edition of Island Recast. For more information on Grand Memorial Presbyterian Church or Pastor David, please go to gmpc.org. When it encounters light, darkness disappears. When it encounters darkness, light prevails. The only way for darkness to survive is to hide from the light. If you have your Bibles, open them, please, to the eighth chapter of the Gospel of John. In the seventh chapter, we read Jesus at the Festival of the Tabernacles. And the Festival of the Tabernacles was a, was a time to celebrate and to remember God's faithfulness in the wilderness. That he provided water. That he provided manna. Interestingly, it is interesting how Jesus weaves in his own identity with these great festivals as the source of the spring of the water of eternal life, as the bread of life. And a couple of weeks ago, we, we talked about this, this seven-day feast of the tabernacles and how on the, on the last day they would have the water ceremony where the priest would come out from the, from the water gate of the temple and um, amongst great falderall would take a golden pitcher and dip it into the pool and then bring it back and, and pour it out on the altar in the temple. To which Jesus replies, if you are thirsty, come to me. But there was another ceremony that took place during the Feast of the Tabernacles. It was called the Ceremony of Light. And there's some discussion about whether or not the, 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 the lampstands, the bulls, were lit, and lit just at the beginning of the festival or whether they were, they were lit at dusk every evening. But imagine this. In the, in the court of the women, there was a court of the Gentiles, which was outside the temple. It's where Jesus turned over the money changers' table. Inside that was the court of the women. Only uh, Jewish people could go this far. And then there was the court of the men and then the interior temple. But it was in the court of the women where people brought their, their tithes and their offerings and it's also where they set up these, these four huge lampstands. And on each lampstand were four huge bowls filled with oil. They would take the used garments of the priests and use those as wicks for these bowls of oil. And then in the evening, they would light them. And, and 
The people who witnessed this said, if you have seen the water ceremony and the light ceremony of the festival of tabernacles, you have seen one of the wonders of the world. The temple with its limestone construction and alabaster and the gold, the, the light from these bowls would shine and it would be as though it were daylight. It was a sight to behold. And it's in the midst of this area where we pick up the narrative in the eighth chapter. Verse 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said to them, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two men is valid. I am one who testifies for myself. The other witness is the Father who sent me. And then they asked him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his time had not yet come. Here's Jesus in the midst of the court of women where the offerings are taken with these giant lampstands. And he stands there and he declares for all to hear, I am the light of the world. John wants us to make no mistake in who Jesus is. There are those who have said, Jesus never claimed to be God. They've never read the gospel according to John. Here you are, they said, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. We've been down this road before. When they asked Jesus to explain himself, this is a trial. It is important to have the testimony of two at a trial. Jesus is literally being put on trial by the religious leaders of the day. And they circle back 
to this whole idea of, of, of witnesses and you can't testify on your own behalf. He doesn't need to. We covered this when we were in the third chapter of John's gospel. When Jesus said, the witnesses are there. You'll remember John the baptizer. When I came on the scenes, he said to his disciples, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the earth. There's a, there's a witness. And then you remember Nicodemus? Nicodemus comes to him at night and, and, and says to Jesus, we know that you are from God because nobody could do the things that you do were God not with him. There's your second witness. But there's also the testimony of the scriptures that foretold the coming of the Messiah and the very words of Moses. So the witnesses abound. But Jesus says, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards, and I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are right. Because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. Well, where's your Father? So easy for us to just read past that and not give it a second thought. But we need to remember that the ancient world was pretty small, and Jesus didn't travel all that much outside of the place where he was born and where he grew up in and around Jerusalem. He had a stigma, and it surrounded his father. When Mary was betrothed to Joseph, she was found to be with child. And Joseph, being an honorable man, sought to distance himself from her quietly. But the angel of the Lord came to Joe and said, eh, don't be afraid. This is a special child. Can you imagine Mary going to her parents? I'm with child. You can't be. The wedding hasn't happened yet. I'm with child. How isolated Mary and Joseph were. Who is the father of this child? The Lord told me, I don't want to hear it. So Jesus, as an adult, starts talking about his father. And they say, show us your father. Where is he? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Later on, the disciples will press Jesus and say, show us the Father. And Jesus says, have I been with you all this time and you're still so dull? Don't you know that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? I and the Father are one. And here Jesus says this to the religious leaders of the day. You don't know me. 
Because if you knew me, you would know the Father. The divinity of Christ being proclaimed. The reason that he would ultimately be arrested and crucified. Blasphemy. Those who proclaim the name of Jesus, even to this very day, often find themselves crucified, not crucified, but, but persecuted. And we read about persecution that's going on around the world. And some say it's coming to a country near us soon. And it may be, and it may not. But persecution from the world is something that we can expect. Jesus said, the world hates me, it's going to hate you. In this world, you will have trials and tribulations, but take heart because I have overcome the world. But the persecution that Jesus is facing here is not from the world. It's from the religious establishment. These are the people who should have known better, but who got so caught up in their own institutions and their rules and their regulations and their traditions that they became blinded to the God behind their faith. The question that we all must ask as we examine our own faith, especially on a day that we celebrate communion. Is my faith institutional? Or is my faith personal? Is my faith institutional or is my faith personal? Oh, but pastor, what are you talking about? I can remember when we were uh, down in Guatemala with the International School Project, and they told us as we worked with the public school teachers using this curriculum, uh, and basically it was an ethics curriculum that was based in the Bible, that we had to be careful about sharing our faith, that at the end they would be invited to come and watch the Jesus film, and we could answer any questions after that, but we needed to be careful about what we said to the teachers that we were working with. As I worked with my little group of teachers, it became very, very clear to me that they were followers of Christ. And so I, I, I said to them in, in one candid moment, I said, well, it appears to me that, that all of you are Christians. And they said, no, we are not. We're Catholic. To which I immediately took a step back and I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. What I meant to say is that you're all followers of Jesus. And, and they all agreed. Oh, yes, yes, we're, we're followers of Jesus. Now, that, that got a little laugh out of you. I was asked a question just at a theology on tap by, by, by Jackie, the server, who's just a, a delight. She says, can you tell me the difference between, because uh, she grew up Catholic, can you tell me the difference between Catholic and Presbyterian? 
So she got a little lesson in the Reformation. But it, but it went back to the first century. And we talked about uh, the, the excommunication of the Egyptians in the third century. Because even though they loved Jesus, you know what? You don't understand Jesus the way that we do, so you can't be a part of us. And talked about the separation of the East and the West in the, in, in the year 1000, what, 1070? Where the, where the church in the West said, we're in charge. And the church in the East said, I don't think so. <laughs> and then you come to the Reformation, which was a tragic necessity. Because we take our eyes off of Jesus. And we start thinking that the institution is more important than our faith in Jesus. And we go at each other. I enjoy a robust theological conversation as much as anyone. And I enjoy talking with someone who is a, a, an Episcopalian or a Catholic or a Lutheran or a Baptist or a Presbyterian to say, why are you that? And it's got to be more than I like the music. Amen. It's got to be more than I like the pastor. It's got to be more than I like the sanctuary we worship in. Our disunity is the greatest scandal of our time. And there's a battle raging around us, people. And today of all days is a reminder of that. Our world changed forever on 9-11, 21 years ago. An enormous clash between light and darkness. And sometimes, even the church, the head spins. And it's like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to survive this. I've read the end of the book. <laughs> the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But the church is not an institution. The church is you, me, wherever we are, wherever we go. And as we go, we are the light. We are the salt of the earth. Jesus has chosen us. Lord, what were you thinking? <laughs> to show the world his grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness. Yes, his justice, biblical justice. We stand for truth because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And as we stand, we must let our light shine. Thank you for listening to Island Recast. For more information, please go to gmpc.org. When I was a boy, I was afraid of the darkness and clung to the light. As an adult, I look at my electric bill and I am afraid of the light. <laughs> but that's artificial light. That's light we create. 
There is a light that is beyond what we can create. And Jesus is that light. The question that we need to wrestle with as proud Presbyterians, <clears throat> God help us, is my faith institutional in nature or is my faith personal? And my prayer is that if someone asks you about your walk of faith, are you a Presbyterian? Are you a Methodist? Are you a Catholic? Are you a Protestant? That you would say, I am a follower of Jesus. If you don't know him, let me introduce him to you. Because when you walk with Jesus, you walk in light. <laughs>